Translating Arcadia tells the stories of people who belong elsewhere, and the pain that comes from being trapped here instead. Their contents may be upsetting or uncomfortable. was on fire, and Angelica hadn't slept in three days. She floated in the smell of smoke. It dripped through her hair, carried on the Santa Annas, soaked into her pores, trickled in under her closed eyelids till she was sure she could see it writhe against the red darkness. Angelica had always loved the season of fires, Loved the way the heat rode on the back of winter, digging in its claws, yowling for one more night's freedom. Loved the trees, skeleton bare, their leaves piles of clenched brown hands, stripped naked for a final bacchanal before death. She loved the apprehension in the people around her, the way it tasted of both dread and desire the way they shied away from a stray spark, a dropped match, an abandoned cigarette able to turn the world into an inferno. People knew enough to be afraid. She had been away, been somewhere, someone else, behind a curtain of ivy and rain, tangled and soggy. The fires had called her home, across plains and mountains, down black asphalt highways become rivers of tar, called her from the damp, green, moss-furred places she had tried for 366 days to make a home, where everything was wet and fleshy, bloated like a drowned thing. Angelica could not find herself there, in that old world stretched between the tight, shiny skins of apples and stone walls with a pedigree of centuries. They had called her back to herself. She hadn't planned to leave them. Not for a day, nor for a year in one. Not to a world so unlike the one she knew, that forced her to take its shape like water. But she hadn't fought. Inside her head, A voice like the last of the summer heat tried to cling on to the place where she had always been, the place that welcomed the fire, that knew what it meant. To keep alive the spark inside her, calling to the eucalyptus candles, the melting jacarandas. But it faded, muted under a blanket of ice, crushed under piles of rotting vegetation, extinguished in the breath of other voices. And, too, some part of her wondered what it was to no longer smell smoke. What the air tasted like when it waited for the snow. What people feared when they didn't have to fear fire. Angelica had been born in the season of fires, though no one ever believed her. Before she could walk, could talk, 
before her eyes could make out the clear edges of shapes. Her unsteady hands had reached for it. The dancing flames, the glow of the stove, the lit match kissing a cigarette tip. They slapped them away over and over, telling her how much it would hurt, telling her it wasn't safe. They were lying. Angelica had always known the truth. The fire was inside her. There was nothing for it to burn. But no one would ever listen. She wondered if maybe that was why she'd gone east, drowned herself in thick air, pushed her face into clear glass rivers, listened to those voices, to his voice. She wondered if they'd seen the fire too, if that would have made her stronger. Once, when Angelica was younger, before she'd tried to put on that old world like a badly fitting outfit, the fires had come to the hills above her house. The chaparral burned. Fat, black ash fell like snowflakes. The stronger creatures, bobcat, wild turkeys, a wide-eyed, woman-screaming puma, fled the stands of trees ignited like torches, fur singed, whiskers crisped. The weaker ones, too stupid, too slow, lost themselves to the flames. Flared up, then curled in, black and charcoal. Everything smelled of barbecue, sage, smoke, seared meat. Her mouth had watered till the rains came, with the flat scent of damp, the hills collapsing on themselves like a toothless mouth. She told him the story of the fires and her constant hunger, lying in bed in a room on the third floor of a house that was 175 years old. His parents owned it, and four others next door. She'd been there 120 days in his house, behind his rain-streaked windows. He laughed. Edgy, babe. You really want to think you're so cool, don't you? Like you could be badass, he said, laughing again, stroking the inside of her elbow where she had the scar from falling out of a tree. She pulled her arm away, turned over on her side. Come on, what did I say? Don't be like that. He tugged her shoulder, turning her back to face him. Kissed her. It's cute. You thinking you're tough. Kissed her again. But I know better. People think it's easy to tell when a fire is being extinguished. Drown it in water, smother it in dirt. One frantic action, the flames go out, and only dust is left. Angelica knew it wasn't that hard. A fire will die in stages, no one even noticing, if you don't feed it. It sinks lower, lower, hugging what it burns, pressing against it like a lover. Its color changes, white and yellow to red to brick to a purplish blue like a bruise. The heat fades. You need to get closer, 
closer. Close enough. The gray ash creeps like mold. Enough time isolated in a circle of cleared, bare dirt, and it puts itself out. Shrinks. Withdraws. No need to crush it out with your heel. Risk the burn. When he went back to college, he begged her to come with him. Told her about the beautiful maple tree woods, the autumns like out of a picture book. His family in their cable-knit sweaters, harvesting pumpkins and drinking cider. He told her about the air, like a clean glass, hand-polished, no dishwasher spots. The way you could drive out of the city into real, honest country, nothing like the suburb-to-suburb-to-desert sprawl. It's better, he said. You'll see. You'll like it so much more than here. I don't know what you see in this shithole anyway. Angelica told him about the old woman arms of the oak trees, the bursts of yellow hedge mustard and orange poppies by the side of the highway, the acorn woodpeckers and screaming scrub jays. You live in a trailer park, babe, he shrugged. That's not nature. Those are pests people haven't gotten around to clearing out yet. She didn't have anything else to tell him. And after all, he said, it's not like you've tried anything else. You're just letting yourself get comfortable. Lazy. How can you think you know what you want when you haven't done anything? When she had been gone 363 days, Angelica smelled the chaparral burning. The first wisp of white, curling up after the fire has caught, before it consumes you. Almost 3,000 miles it came in the window, waking her where she had lay dreamless, his arm thrown over her. She felt a spark in her flare. In the season of fires, when the hills burned and they spoke of the world in terms of percent containment, They knew there was a danger in what they thought to be extinguished. Even when there weren't leaping, licking tongues running along the blades of grass, charred logs, gray-ashed over like cloudy eyes, can hide live coals, ready to run wild given half the chance. The centers of trees burn long after the surface has surrendered. Even after the fire, there is the heat held in the land like a closed fist. Feed it, and it returns. He had not been raised to fear fire, to hone his senses to the barest hint of carbon, the sound of the first pop of ignition. It wouldn't find its way into his senses through the bourbon and money and self-assurance. You're always making shit up, he had said before he fell asleep, covering her with his weight. I can't believe you think any of it's actually true. God, you're such a child. Lying to yourself because it's easier than accepting reality. That morning, when she woke up to the smoke, she decided it didn't matter what she believed, because the truth doesn't demand belief. It exists 
whether you want it or not. The fire will burn, even if you believe it's been put out. She pushed his arm off, his skin so cold, got up and went outside. It had rained. The sidewalk was wet, earthworms like charred twigs gasping for breath. Where she walked, bare feet against the cement, she left footprints. Dry. White shapes against sleet gray damp. The fire grew. She could feel it heating the air around her. It would crack the concrete where she stood still too long. It would light the world on fire. Behind her, smoke rose, a blue-white sentence against the sky. Flames like paintbrushes, white and yellow, the walls blistered. She felt the heat on her back like hands, palms spread wide. She glowed, her skin parchment, her body in outline, a darker shade of the blaze. Behind her, the house burned. No longer contained, Angelica smiled. The air became a rain of sparks, filling her lungs, lighting her way. Bringing the fire with her, Angelica went west. This story, Containment, was performed by Rebecca. Translating Arcadia is written, directed, and edited by Lisa Guenze. Its music is composed and performed by Michael Freitag. More information about the stories and their performers can be found at translatingarcadia.loudnames.com. Translating Arcadia is a production of Loud Names Media.